Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher. I'm Pastor Matt Cable at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles and various campus ministries. I'm Zach Ferris. I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado, Boulder, coming to you from Boulder County, the People's Republic. That's where I'm coming to you from, in a church basement in a strange place. Fantastic. I'm, I'm only coming at you from the City of Angels, so not much going on here. So much better. City of Angels. City of City of Messengers. Ooh. Messengers. Ooh. I know, right? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Anna, just, uh, man, we're back from Emmaus. Returned from being live in Coachella. <laughs> or two of us in Coachella and one of us in Boulder. Don't you have a music festival? What's that, like Telluride or something that you got out there? The Telluride Bluegrass Festival is down in Telluride, yeah. which is like halfway between Los Angeles and Boulder. Is it that far? It's in like southwest uh, Colorado, like oh Four Corners. We got a lot of good music festival. We got the Folks Festival, the Folk Festival coming up. That's pretty close to me over in Lyons. But then there's one other one. What was oh. it? Rocky Grass. They're mostly bluegrass festivals. But do you know a city that has good festivals? Is Seattle. They have. Hmm. Let's see. Memorial Day weekend is the Folk Life Festival. The Seattle Folk Life Festival, which is like huh. folk broadly broadly understood, which is super yeah. cool. And then Labor Day weekend is the Bumbershoot Festival, which is more like pop and indie and stuff like that. All of them at the Seattle Center onto the Space Needle. Yeah. Very cool. It's such a cool city. We should all live in Seattle. Let's do it, Matt. Let's all move to Seattle. But I, I have some I have some post-Coachella thoughts. Can I share some post-Coachella please, thoughts? Please, please do it. I don't know. How do you do you have thoughts about Father John Misty? How do you feel about Father John Misty? I know that I'm supposed to be into Father John Misty. Right? That's the primary thing. I've listened a couple of times and my, my takeaway has been, huh. Yeah. I don't get it. It's supposed to be I feel like, oh, I'm supposed to and then I'm just I don't I don't, I don't get, get it. it. I don't mm-hmm. get it. And now he's just irritating me because yes, the song that he that he opened with at his set uh, was pure comedy, which is also getting play on KCRW. And it's like, it's definitely like an anti-religious screed, which of mm. course, like, but you could, I mean, you can do that in interesting ways. I just don't think the way that he's doing it is very interesting. So it's like this stream of consciousness essay uh, put to, I guess, music. I mean, there are, I guess, <laughs> right? I mean, like, I'm not, like, I'm just saying, like, it's just like court, like, it's not, it's just not that interesting. Like, it's just like, you just have this, you, it's just an essay. And then you have some guitar plucking, I guess. So like, the music is not that great. And your essay is not that interesting. So like, I don't know what I'm supposed to make of this. Like, what am I supposed to make of it? Right. And basically, it's his response that he's like, I mean, maybe I'm supposed to take it ironically or something. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But to me, it feels like it's his response to like all the insanity in the world. But I saw many artists this weekend. And uh, the white guy with the beard who kind of looks like me had the least interesting response to all the insanity. <laughs> right. Like, I also saw the Sweatshop Boys, which are like this New York rap duo. Uh, one's Pakistani, one's Indian, and uh, it's Riz Ahmed, the guy from Star Wars, is one of the one of the two dudes. And they have these songs that are like hilarious and pointed about like taking off your shoes in the airport and like being fly but on the no fly list. And they're just like these hilarious, mm-hmm. but also like really smart and really like angry all at the same time. But much more interesting, fun, uh, thoughtful, all of the above. Or like Kendrick, for example, uh, who's just blowing it up. I mean, he is clearly like responding to things happening in the world, but in like a much, just a much more interesting way. And also like 
seems to be having more fun doing it than Father John Misty. So I don't know. What is it about white people? <laughs> We're Tell me about it. I mean, jeez. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I don't know. I just I but I guess he's doing something right because I think about it because I thought about it a lot. Like mm-hmm. what, what do I yeah. make of this polarizing figure with this interesting like semi-religious name? I guess he comes out of like a religious family. So he is using this like imagery. That's always it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me. He's evoking a response. He is evoking a response in you. Yeah. Creating an experience. So when you see like all these different artists responding to the world, which is also something that we do, we respond to the world, uh, but they do it in such a different, they're doing it in such different ways. And I think that that, that is fascinating to me. Um, also been thinking, I came back and I like the next day, I'm like unpacking and I basically just listened to Kendrick's album on repeat because that's how like <laughs> fired up I was. And I also listened to his uh, interview on Beats One with Zane Lowe, who has the best name ever, Zane Lowe. And it was just fascinating. It's like this hour-long interview, uh, which you didn't want to watch because it was a video, but I just listened to it. You posted and, a 45-minute uh, video on my Facebook page. I know, it's really long. But it was actually like really thoughtful. And uh, and he talked a lot about a lot of really really interesting things. I need to listen to it again. I'll probably like have more stuff to say. But one of the things that I realized about hip hop and rap music, rap music in particular, like I like I I wasn't I never used to be into it that much. I was more I guess into I guess I've gone through different stages in my life, but but I was more into white people music, and now I'm more into, I'm really interested in this genre. But the interesting thing about this genre is that it is so. It's so dependent on words, right? Um, it is words, words, words. The content of those words and just the sound of those words. And he actually talked a little bit about that, about how he paints. He's like painting with words. Um, not just, the, again, like not just the what the words mean, but like the sound of them and how you play with the sound and what they sound like and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's really fascinating because that's also what we do as preachers to some extent, right? Where we paint pictures with words, you know, we use words. Mm-hmm. We typically have musical accompaniment to those words, usually. Even if you're a preacher that starts to sing during your sermon, like you might sing a spirit. <laughs> I mean, it's very common in black preaching, right? But typically you're doing that a cappella, at least when you start. So it's very much uh, a word-based art form. And so, uh, so I, th- I thought about that. I just think it's, I think it's pretty fascinating. And uh, today we'll get to in a moment, but um, this is a, a day when Jesus is talking about the voice, knowing someone's voice and the sound. There's some stuff going on with sound that I'm excited to talk about. So anyway, that was a lot of uh, verbal diarrhea coming at you. But I know that uh, I know the faithful listener of the pod, Ben Adams, really wanted to know our thoughts on Coachella. So yeah, you know, had to get it out there. I had to get had to get some of it out there. I'm just really excited that we have one listener. So thank you, Ben. Original listener, Ben. <laughs> He's an OL. Um, the point I'm going to tie in on there, Matt, is that um, that as artists with words as preachers, liken that image from I'm, what I'm sure will be our next listener, Kendrick Lamar. But there was a study that came out worth talking about in a couple different places uh, where folks reported that they value the content of sermons above all the other crap that happens at churches. And so, again, what right, was your reaction to that? Because my when I saw that, my heart, I both felt excited, but also my heart dropped and I was like, God damn. <laughs> like, I really have to, now I really gotta, man, I really gotta have to work. I don't, yeah. I mean, I think there was, I think I had three, three, uh, three reactions. One was, yes, that affirms the thing that I think, so I love it. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. Then the second is the cynicism of like, 
that also kind of sounds like what should be the right answer. So people probably just gave what they thought should the right answer would be, right? Nobody's going to be proud to be like, I go because the parking's good. Actually, like, didn't there used to be, like, studies that showed that people cared more about parking than anything else? And then the third one, right, is, like, I don't say this in a braggy way. I am one who has held that sermon as, uh, preaching is very important. Uh, and so I've spent a lot of time and energy on it over the years. And more and more, I'm becoming more comfortable with the reality that I don't always get to spend that much time, as much time as I would like on sermons. And so in some ways, I've been proud of myself being able to let go of some of the, the anxiety that I held around preaching. So not exactly like the words maybe I needed to hear, because then it makes me feel bad about my past two years of preaching, because I haven't put the work in that I put in, in in years past. Yeah, but maybe you, I mean, like, I don't know. I also think we have to, like, think, this is my uh, likely ineffective attempt to reassure you, but there are different ways to put work in, right? It's not always like sitting in front of your computer and writing. I feel like our, a lot of a lot of the things that we do feed into our sermons. So don't worry. You're right. You're still putting work in. I guess I'll just try harder now. <laughs> but yeah, like I've definitely come to the more and more to, to, to believe that it's probably the most important thing that I do. A lot of things that feed in and out of it, right? Like I think that um, people want to know that you care about them and they'll hear your sermon differently, I think, depending on how you show up in other places in their lives, right? If, if you're a person they can trust, then they, not. it's not just that they'll listen to you, but I feel like they'll they'll interpret what you say in a certain kind of way, right? So like all the other things that you do also affect the way that people hear you um, and your ability to create to craft a message that is that actually connects with people. So even though I say it's the most important thing I do, that doesn't mean I spend the entire week like sitting in front of my computer. But I do think that it is, yeah, it's crucial. And that's simultaneously like, when you feel like you don't have your A game, which I did this past Sunday, uh, it's like, dang man. I kind of think that um, you can stop me at any time because now we're like on this tangent about preaching. Mm-hmm. And maybe you well, want to it say is a preaching podcast. I know. I know. I've been uh, since I watched so much baseball this fall, <laughs> probably more baseball than I've ever watched in my life <laughs> because the Chicago Cubs were on their uh, championship run. What's and that? I thought I started to think that uh, that maybe the preacher it was like the pitcher mm. because you like you do you set it up. It's so crucial, like who's on the mound. If your pitcher doesn't bring their A game, you can still win the game. It's just a lot harder, right? Mm. So there can be other things in this in the service that like pick it up. Or you, I mean, like you could preach a no hitter and you could just I guess you could win the game that way. But you still need like the other parts of the. You still need other people to step up. Like it's all, it's still a team effort. Uh, it's still the work of the people. Like, it's really crucial. I don't know. That, that's my current metaphor. <laughs> the podcast was setting up to be very hip and culturally on point. <laughs> and you're like, hey, how about baseball. a baseball metaphor? Fine. You're just, you're basically the MC. You're the rapper. You're the Kendrick Lamar. Does that make it what, more hip? What, what, there it is. Uh, maybe you're like the you're like the Russ, right? You're the Russell Westbrook. <laughs> uh, Matt, I have some posts. Uh, you were at Coachella yeah. uh, Festival. Yeah. Uh, I hosted a festival this weekend. It was my daughter's one-year-old birthday party. Oh my gosh. What was it like? What did you guys do? She's going to remember it forever. Just kidding. Uh, Hannah got really excited. My wife got really excited. She went to Party City uh, and bought a giant inflatable unicorn head that's several times the size of our daughter. Uh. And it turned into a unicorn-themed party. Also, Matt, it's May in Colorado, and so that means it snowed about six inches. Shut up. It snowed? It did. It did. But it wow. meant, Matt, I spent the entire week getting ready. I spent about 48 hours nonstop getting ready for the two-hour party for our one-year-old daughter who will not remember it 
Nailed it. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. Well done. Well done. Unicorn head. But, man, maybe there are a few more uh, hermeneutically relevant things to talk about. Um, <laughs> no, I think instead of sheep, we should talk about unicorns. What is the shepherd of a unicorn? Is it like, I don't know. We're about to find out. We just had, on Sunday night, um, our kind of end-of-year celebration-y service kind of thing. Um, and you've heard me on the podcast before. As a person who lives according to the academic calendar, there are many times when the academic calendar and the 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 lectionary are intention. Sometimes the academic calendar is intention with the le- the liturgical calendar. But that was not this year. Uh, we got to end with Emmaus Road uh, to do uh, all of our farewell and Godspeed, Matt. It was a super extravaganza of occasional liturgical services. Here's what we did. First, we had uh, we have a mentor program where students are paired with a non-student engaged in a field of interest, and they do a catechumenate-like thing, and we celebrated the end of that time together. They do like a nine-month commitment during the school year. And so we did signing of the senses, uh, where you mark the sign of the cross on different body parts, which is normally yeah. done at the beginning, but we did it at the end yes. because it turns out the end is a beginning, uh, right? and that's what this whole process has been about. Turned around, farewell, Godspeed at our, our graduate. Some of our graduating students did the the dog pile thing with with blessing stuff, so that was fun. And then we installed our new leaders. We got a bunch of leaders that are going to lead us into the the new year, and we're really excited about that. Cool, cool. That sounds really cool. That is a great uh, ritual. The welcome to baptism. Mm-hmm. I love it. I didn't prep them for it at all. Yeah. Which maybe could have gone better if I'd given them some kind of heads up, but uh, but it was good. It was good. Yeah, it's like wonderfully like it has. It's both. It can, it, like I often find it like it's it's it can be somewhat funny, right? Because it's like awkward, and you're like <laughs> like what? What's gonna be the next body part? But also deeply meaningful at the same time, which is like mm-hmm. it's just great. It's like a nice like uh, cross section of meaningful and fun. It does what I think the liturgy and good preaching does, right? It does that thing of moving you to that place where um, where it's known and unknown, right? It's like really beautiful liminal place uh, yeah. where it can be really funny, but also is this very open, vulnerable thing where we are yeah. touched and touch another uh, yeah. in ways we didn't expect. We got, it's almost the end of the semester. This is the last week of class here in Boulder for the spring semester. Then we move into exams, uh, which is one of the best times to be a campus pastor because we don't do a ton like programmatically, but I'm here and I hang out and try to help students remember that, that while it's very important how you do on exams, they are not the source of your identity. There is another one uh, who is the one who gives you life and claims you. Nice. Also, Senate Assembly coming up this weekend, Matt, going down to the Springs. Can't wait. Working on the collaborative project with friend of the pod, Radham Burnt. Oh, my gosh. An impossible project that I'm sure we're going to pull off. <laughs> we're taking the social segments and trying to use the the small catechism as a lens for engaging the ELCA social statements. That sounds really complicated. Correct. <laughs> I'm more the big picture guy. <laughs> <laughs> cool, though. That's, man. How's the St. Mark's journey through uh, through Easter? It's interesting. What is happening at St. Mark's? So we had the, the 25th anniversary that we talked about on the other podcast of the L.A. riots slash civil unrest slash uprising. Uh, the anniversary is on Saturday. 
and I talked about it a little bit on Sunday. It's um, also the anniversary of the founding of New City Parish, which mm-hmm. is this coalition that we're a part of that grew out of that time. It's been really fascinating to watch like all the different documentaries. The OJ documentary that was the ESPN 30 for 30 had a lot of stuff on this, um, and that was really well done. Like I thought, it's really it's so good. It is so good. You watched that too, right? Like, oh, yeah. It? So and so I don't know. So you and so you asked about East, the season of Easter at, at St. Mark's and I. I'm so glad that we have this, like, so for me, this was the first post-Easter sermon I preached because I was off mm-hmm. during Thomas. And so this image of Emmaus is, like, setting us up for the rest of the Easter season. In some ways, it's a little exhausting because it's like, wait, Easter is a journey too? Usually we talk about Lent as a journey, <laughs> and then we're done with the journey. But really, mm-hmm. we're just beginning uh, another journey. So I actually, like, I've been using this um, the this Martin Luther quote that's at the beginning of um, this book in the Catechumenate. Which one? Is it? It's like one of the ones put up at the ELCA, the name I can't think of right now. But it's this, but they have this extended quote from Luther where, and the, the centerpiece of it, I think, is that we are, we are not now what we shall be, but we are on the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, so I'm kind of actually put that on the bulletin cover as like a theme for the whole yeah. season to be thinking about what it means to be on the way. And then also doing a little bit of, you're going to love it, mystagogy. So kind of also looking back at Easter and, you know, so for Emmaus, like their hearts were burning within them. So thinking about fire. And then, um, so then I kind of mapped it out. Next week, we'll talk about word. Uh, I'll play with, with the idea of word. And then um, we'll take a break for Mother's Day because that's a really significant liturgical holiday. I'm going to talk about that a lot. And then, uh, and then we'll talk about water. And then we'll talk about bread and wine. So we'll have a chance to kind of reflect on the different parts of the, the vigil service. So that's my plan for Easter. <laughs> and then we're at Pentecost. So like that's our, our little journey. So um, when, but whenever I do that, I try to come up with like an overall theme. Then I have to like try to force it to fit the text. So that's always. Uh, well, uh, but I thought I could do it this week because they're talking about voice. Matt, I believe. I believe it's time for the text. It's time. Time for the text because we got a beautiful tie in here Matt and I'm going to tie in on the way uh, we're going out of our out of our way here a bit uh, we're in the year of Luke right but no Luke for us we're going to go feast on some John here we're in the 10th chapter of John jumping all over the place a little strange to me it feels a little disjointed if you're a preacher Maybe not if you're sitting in the pews. But we got a saying from John. Yeah, it's the worst, man. Can I just vent for a moment? Yeah. We get like these this beautiful text from Emmaus, which is just over full of images. You got fire, you got bread, breaking bread, you got a road, you have this plethora of images, you got a story with a narrative, a beginning, a middle, and maybe not an end, but like a continue. Like you got all that you got a narrative, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get this text that begins very truly i tell you and you're like oh crap it's one of those very truly i tell you texts what am i gonna do with this it's a saying i guess there's an image but it's an image that none of us can relate to because it's about shepherding with none of us have sheep what am i supposed to do with this i i think we're gonna have to read it so i can set up my venting very truly i tell you anyone who does not enter the sheepfold, which i'm guessing is the group of sheep uh everyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep but the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out and when he's brought out all his own he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow because they know his voice they will not follow a stranger but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. And Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them, because uh, 
plain as day. Uh, so again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Here is my issue, Matt. Hmm. Set up that first little story and they don't get it. And then we get to the second one and he says, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Wait a second. It seems based on this is a lot of people call this good shepherd Sunday. I thought Jesus was the shepherd of the sheep. And now you're saying that you're the gate. We have a lot of characters. There are sheep. There's a shepherd. There's a gate. There's also a gatekeeper who we don't get a lot of clarity around who that is. There's a a lot of parsing and misdirection, I think. And I think it's fascinating because it's so it's simultaneously confusing. It needs a lot of parsing. There's like this shape-shifting metaphor. And yet this is... Like you said, it's Good Shepherd Sunday. The psalm for the day is Psalm 23, which is one of the most beloved psalms. One that I often use in hospitals when people are mainly looking for comfort. So are we using this as a strange text or are we using this as a comfort text? What do, what do we Can we do both? Can we do both? Is it possible? Maybe. Hopefully. I wonder, Matt. Yeah. I wonder if I was going to, if I were going to theme out Easter, which I'm not going yep. to because my people are going to be gone here soon. What's the show uh, you think you know, but you have no idea? Is that... Oh, that was the MTV series that was like, you think you know, but you have no idea. Diary, an MTV series that follows celebrities through their everyday lives. There are a lot of great episodes, uh, including one on Nelly Furtado, one of my favorites. Jay-Z, Aaliyah, J-Lo, a lot of good ones. So in Diary, it starts with, you think you know, but you have no idea. I think that's what my Easter theme would be. Uh, You think you know, but you have no idea. So I think I know what Jesus is saying in this first crime, and then he's like, Oh yeah, no, no, no. You don't you don't understand this at all. Jesus is the good shepherd and we follow Jesus. Got it. And Jesus is, says, uh no, that's not how this works. Yeah. I'm a yeah. I'm an inanimate object. I'm a gate. I'm a gate. I'm a gate. I'm a gate. If you needed some biblical text proofing uh, for why mm-hmm. we shouldn't build the wall, Jesus is a gate. Uh, oh so just be gates. Yeah, I was doing some... Th- I, I totally heard that too. Oh my God. Like if you wanted to really be a horrible person, anyone who climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. Man alive. But here's my question with that. So again, like with the shifting meanings and everything, I thought that Jesus shows up like a thief in the night. Is that, aren't there other stories where like Jesus is the thief? Well, so maybe like I think that's to a... climb in by another way isn't necessarily the negative. <laughs> you're 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 right on it, Matt. As usual, um, <laughs> but your 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 little social science context tidbit here is that not only can we not relate to shepherds because we don't have sheep, but we miss out on the subtlety of what it means to say there's a good shepherd. There's actually like a different good shepherd Sunday where you get more good shepherd text, and there's like. Um, oh, what do you call it? Not Jeremiah, Ezekiel text about the good shepherd. And the emphasis on that is good shepherd. Uh, if shepherds were inherently good, you would not need uh, the adjective good shepherd. Shepherds were not well regarded. And so actually were thought of much more like the thieves and the bandit. Hmm. And so he's playing with these terms, I feel like. Uh, a shepherd, a thief and a bandit, a scoundrel who is not a responsible, honorable person is the one who will lead the sheep. Mm-hmm. And that's not me. So maybe the hope there, right, is it's us. But, but he's definitely playing with thief, bandit, shepherd. Yeah, no, definitely. There's not that much of a distinction between these three categories. Or the two categories, right. if you want to call thieves and bandits, one. 
So we've got Thief, Bandit, Shepherd, and then Stranger. What's the deal with the Stranger? I mean, again, like elsewhere, welcome the Stranger. What is a Stranger? Like, is this a, is this a purely negative image, or is this also a multivalent? Are you the only uh, stranger in Jerusalem who does not know what has happened in these days? Right? Man. Oh, my gosh. So then there's also this image of the, since I'm trying attempting to impose a theme on my Easter season, and I want to talk about word. I want to talk about the word of God. I want to talk about the stories of salvation. Uh, there's some stuff about the voice. They hear his voice. He calls his own sheep. The sheep did not listen to them. Uh, there's there's some stuff going on with the voices and sound mm-hmm. and communication here and what all that means. I don't know. What do you think about the voice? The Voice, a new reality TV show in the ancients. <laughs> I don't know. I'm puzzled by The Voice, man. Yeah. Um, I know the voice of strangers. Well, and you were talking last week about, we were talking about um, Kendrick Lamar, who we're going to talk about for the entire season of Easter, about music that is uh, music that is for a particular community, right? And hearing music that you feel like is not necessarily for you. And I certainly like it. There's, there's a lot of music on Spotify. Most of it, not for me. <laughs> Right? Like most of it, mm-hmm. even though I'm a pretty like omnivorous musical listener. So what does it mean to have a voice that is for you, right? A voice that you mm-hmm. like listen to and relate to or not, right? Like, so like that voice is not for me. And like, what does that, what does that mean? What does Jesus mean by that? So to cut through a lot of yeah. posturing and dancing, I think where I'm going with this gate, uh, yep. which which has to do with some of my like pluralistic worldview, right? Is that the gate of Jesus is uh, the gate that, that means we have to, that the way to life is walking through a gate that moves us through death and into life. And that that cruciform shape, that movement always, death to life, is the way of Jesus and, and what it means to walk through that gate. Uh, maybe there's some helpful fruit there for us to have some conversation about voices and to bring it back around to Kendrick. Because Kendrick or whoever, or Father John Misty, Um, Oh, no, not him. I know. He, first of all, right, like you or I are not the audience of either one of those folks, right? We're actually not the audience of anybody on Spotify, right? Nobody on Spotify is like, Matt from The Vinyl Preacher is the guy that I'm trying to reach with my music. Maybe our demographics, right, have have artists who are trying to reach that audience. Um, But there's no one who sacrifices all of their own artistic integrity in order to serve you or I. And maybe that's a dynamic that that Jesus is pointing towards with the voice here, Um, to have your own voice, right? Even even for those of us who, who really enjoy nostalgia, I don't want to hear a new Lisa Loeb record. I want Lisa Loeb to sound just like she did in the mid-90s. And I don't want her to interject how she has grown or what the song meant for her. I only want what it meant for me. Do you know um, our our friend Rob Saylor, who we talked to, who's showing up on both pods. What? <laughs> when the last U2 album came out, he was like, he had a post where he was like, I will only listen to this album if it sounds exactly like 1991's Octung Baby. Because <laughs> yeah. that's the only U2 that he can stand. <laughs> right? But of course, my response to that is like, why would you want them to put out the same album over and over, right? Like, you don't know. We all want what we want. Voices. Strangers. Thieves and bandits. Shepherds. Gates. All right, fine. I guess there are some images to play with. All right. Fine. It's no fire, road, and bread, but I guess it'll do. I guess it'll do. And I guess, right, like if you, we installed leaders this week, and they will not follow a stranger. And maybe this speaks to, uh, hey guys, 
there's a new podcast coming out. Uh, we're going to start publicizing it soon, uh, but we're bringing you a podcast called Pod Bless America. Uh, and one of the things that we talked about, a dynamic we talked about, that has to do with these kind of installing these leaders and, and what it means to move people and congregations from one place to another, is that they will not listen to the voice of a stranger. Tying back into what we were talking about earlier, we can stress out and write the perfect sermon, but without the relationships built they will not follow the voice of a stranger. They're only going to follow you when you start to die a little bit and to lose some of your individuality. What maybe is a self-righteous seminarian uh, sitting in the, the third floor at LSTC, some of your artistic integrity, uh, <laughs> you might have to lose some of that uh, in order to build a relationship so that you can speak the voice that they can hear. I mean, I guess it's an important week for us to wrestle with because... Um, in the Lutheran Church, like we're known as pastors, which is what a shepherd, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the that's the language that that our church has chosen to talk about us. So, um, as ambivalent as we might be about that, you got to wrestle with it. You got to think about what that means. That does remind me that I actually got in trouble. Or not in trouble. One of those awkward candidacy committee interview things where my, the candidacy committee rep wanted me to say one thing and I like knew that they wanted me to say that thing and I was not <laughs> going to say that thing and it was over the image of a pastor as shepherd and we I don't even remember what the, the points were but that the third person who was there from the seminary facilitating the interview uh, offered up like some really tortured metaphors to help us stop doing this to each other uh, <laughs> that involved babe the pig uh, what? He's like, maybe it's like they're sheep and you're like, babe, the pig, you're the same, but you're different. <laughs> so if you're looking for some, some, some images here, just rewatch Babe. You wow. can find it on VHS at your local blockbuster or my grandmother's house. Probably on a similar note, like what people want to. <laughs> so you said there's this question, then there's something that, that the person wanted to hear from you. Right. And I think on a Sunday like this, um, I guess I am thinking, I'm thinking about that, like this sense of wanting to push and challenge uh, this image, but also give people the comforting piece as well, all in the same sermon. So, and sometimes I find that, right? Like, cause I want people to like be paying attention enough that they nod their heads during the sermon, right? And sometimes what you can do is if you can tell people something that they want to hear, which I, I, I mean in the best possible way, basically like tell people something that like you both agree on already. Then you can move to something maybe a bit more challenging because they're like, oh yeah, well we're already on the same page here. Oh, you're going to push me here rather than just coming in with a baseball bat and saying everything you think is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? It's to say like, yeah, we agree, right? Like we're on the same page with this thing. Now what about like, and let's like move, try to push it in that way. So I think this week it's definitely, it's going to be one of those sermons where I try to say, I try to do both things, right? I try to give some comfort, but also some change. I think one of my concerns this week is that, that what's so fun about Emmaus is like the diversity of the images and that they're not used that often. And But these images are so, so well-worn that my concern would be starting at a place of like agreement is that without pretty drastically challenging the images, I don't, I think people will have a difficult time picking up on the nuance with which I want to use them because the, the memories, the images, their understanding is so already formed that without really engaged listening, I think they're likely to hear the things that they expect to hear. Yeah. So what I might do, I'm trying to see way too many things. I mean, I think another like rhetorical strategy then on that, in that regard is to come at it from an angle of like, maybe you could begin with the... 
you could begin at some unexpected angle and then end up in a more familiar place. But now you've ended up in that familiar place with some unexpected images with you. So, like, one thing I want to think about is safety uh, and and this idea. I'm coming out of a council meeting yesterday in which we talked about the purpose of the sanctuary. And I was kind of, uh, I don't know. Someone talk about uh, what a sanctuary is and what it means. And, hey, this Thursday, I've got the conference assembly at, at my church that we're going to be talking about sanctuary. So I kind of want to do some exploring of what that means. And, hey, we have, like, a text about um, a place of safety, right? Um, maybe. But also strangers. And so I wonder if, like, this place that we think of, this place this place of safety, this home, this home place for us is a place that is made up of unexpected people, right? That is made up of strangers. Um, so I wonder if I can go at it from that direction. Maybe, Matt, there's actually a tie yeah. to Emmaus here that if we want to talk about roads and stuff, you might be able to lean on this week the whole like you can't go home again, right? That we all want that comfortable stuff, but the trouble is that comfortable stuff just doesn't, it's not there. It's not the same. And maybe that's a, re- a part of reality that Jesus is revealing in this text using really comfortable images um, mm. in some really subtly subversive ways. Yeah, like he does that, right? Like with the, like, there's this imagery of coming in through the gate, coming, anyone who climbs in, coming in. But then when he ends, it's like, we'll come in and go out and find pastor. He leads, he leads them out. So like, is this, is this just coming in or is it also going out? There's a lot, man, there's a lot going on. Also, I don't want Jesus to be the gate. Is that okay for me to to say? Uh, I'd rather Jesus be the shepherd? Man, it's such a passive role, the gate. Come on, Jesus, you're resurrected. Let's get this stuff together. The fullness has been revealed. Uh, Hallelujah, Christ is risen and is now a gate. Uh, Lack some of the punch. Good Shepherd Sunday. Mm. This is going to be hard. And it's going to be hard. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess this, so then we have the other readings for this Sunday. We've got this first Peter, which has sheep and shepherd in it. It's interesting. We've been making our way through first Peter and there's like sheep and shepherd. I guess the lectionary creators must've been really excited to find that. They were like, yes, we can keep going with Peter and have sheep and shepherd. But then acts is like this, like little utopian vision, right? It's like this mini utopia that they have. So I don't know what that means either. Maybe I'll just escape and preach on acts. I don't know. I don't know. What are you going to listen to though, man? What am I going to listen to? Oh my gosh, I got I got three. Can I do three? Please do, because I don't have three. Well, uh, so like I said, it's just this is the season of Kendrick, and so <laughs> I think this is the week when I have to come out with the uh, the Kendrick Lamar U two collaboration. Yes. Who knew such a thing was possible? Who knew it would uh, speak to you? I know. Who knew? Who knew? So they've got the song. It's on the album. It looks like XXX. It's uh, X-rated. And uh, yeah, so it talks about it. kind of opens up talking about America. God bless it if it's good to you. And then later on in the song, uh, and Kendrick is sort of like lamenting uh, the death of, of a young person in his community. And then near the end of the song, uh, Bottle comes in and talks about America as this, not a place, not a place, mm. um, but an idea. And a place that you explore by closing your eyes and what? listening. And listening. So um, some interesting stuff there about place, a uh, place of safety or not. Uh, and then uh, and then the voice, what a voice might mean. And, uh, and so that's dystopian song number one, because Easter is going to be a season of dystopia. I don't really know. It's like I had Radiohead and now I got some uncomfortable Kendrick. And and other dystopian song comes to us from a band that has a new album out. I'm so excited. 
for the return of the gorillas. Oh my gosh. I love I love them so much. They're I, I love them so much. I was so excited when their first song came out and I was like, what is this? It's like this like made up these made up characters that are like animated and then the so- the sounds are like and it's this collaboration between these different oh they're just it's just fascinating. And on the new album, there is this collaboration between the gorillas, uh, Pusha T, a rapper, and Mavis Staples. Mavis what? Staples. What? Mavis. 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 It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, the song is called Let Me Out. Let Me Out. Uh, and it's almost like Pusha T is looking to Mavis as a kind of shepherd. Mavis, tell me what to do. Give me some hope, Mavis. And the song is called Let Me Out. Uh, just like the shepherd leads these sheep out. Leads them out. Leads them. Wow. I know. So I got two new tracks for you. And then, uh, and then I got one more coming at you. But I'm going to let you share because I know that you have a playlist a million miles long for Good Shepherd Sunday. Million miles long. Somehow there aren't a lot of pop songs about sheep. But here's here's what I've got for you, man. It just came to me. I'm first going to go with a little song deep and near to my heart uh, by Lisa Loeb called Stay. I was so hoping for some Lisa Loeb. It actually works really well, right? Stay or go. Do I stay in this comfort? Do I leave Oh, the tension is is palpable. I turn the radio um, on. I turn the radio up. Wow. They were playing my song. Lovers in love and the others run away. Lover is crying because the other won't stay. And some of us hover when we weave and others <laughs> for the other who was dying since the day they were born. Well, <sighs> well it's, it's not that I think that I'm a throwing, but I'm a throwing. Just, I just want to put my cat eye glasses on now. Just, oh my gosh, the glasses did it all. Totally. The glasses did it all. Uh, my next album, I'm going to go a little more indie on you. There was a band out of Chicago that was, was set to be the next big thing uh, back in 2008, 2009, uh, all over South by Southwest, about to explode. And then, tragically, they almost all died in a, in a van accident on the way to a show. They all uh, have all survived it but like all sustained like really significant injuries and so the band took this massive hiatus and it looked for a minute like they were coming back but it does not look like they're coming back but they have a, uh, their last album was fantastic it's uh it's scotland yard gospel choir they're not scottish they don't sing gospel music uh and they've got an album in 2009 called and the horse you rode in on uh lots of really fun uh i really enjoy the the second track off of the album that starts uh it sounds like it's going to be a, a romantic uh ballad and it says i i hope that you catch syphilis and die alone uh really good uh but they have a really tender song called praying is a heartache uh you gotta check that out it's a really beautiful tender song um and i think it fits some of the comfort of that psalm 23 uh at least it's comfortable for me because it's a sad one uh, so check it out. Scotland Yard Gospel Choir. Praying is a heartache. Beautiful. All right. Scotland Yard Gospel Choir. Reaching back. Reaching back mm-hmm. to 2008, 2009. Such a hopeful time. Everything Little did we possible. know. What lie, what lie ahead. I would not have believed you. Save us, Matt, with one more song. Yeah. So I was trying to think of, like, since I had these dystopian songs, I was like, I got to have something that is comforting and heartwarming for Good Shepherd Sunday. <laughs> so I started looking up songs about safe and sound, but even those sounded like dystopian, which is 
So I finally, finally settled on a song that has probably been overplayed on the folk circuit, the busker set, where you see somebody playing a guitar on the side of the, uh, at, a, at a little farmer's market. And uh, chances are nine times out of 10, this is a song they'll be playing. It's Edward Sharp Big Zero's Home. Home. Mm, uh, so a bit, good so a bit overplayed at farmers markets, but still like <laughs> a really, like a really nice. Uh, it, I don't know. It's it's it is, pretty. It's lovely. It's a lovely little fun. song. Home, let me come home. Home is wherever I'm with you. And so our oh. good shepherd, our good shepherd creates uh, creates homes for us uh, with with the people in our community. So yeah, I like it. You got any good news to go with your playlist? Oh my gosh. Do I the have a real question? I don't know. Do you have good news? I really hope you need me some time here. I think <laughs> that, the, that there is a voice for us is the good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a little complicated. Maybe uh, sadly wouldn't wouldn't love exactly how I got it. The sentence diagrammed. But there's a voice that speaks to you, and and it's that's not just comfort, right? But the movement from there is that that your voice, you can give up your voice. You can give your voice to to the stranger, to the other, uh, because there is one who speaks, who speaks directly to you. I like it. I like it. I guess I want to talk about a bit my theme of word. <laughs> but I really like this idea that uh, that there's a sheepfold. Sheepfold? Uh, yeah, there's a sheepfold that, that Jesus created this, this community um, that we see in Acts, mm-hmm. that we see that we see here in Second Peter. And that we have described here for us, and I want to complexify that image a little bit. But yeah, yeah, it's good. I want to get a little bit of, I, you know, we live in this dystopian world at the moment. <laughs> but I want, I want to know that there's a little Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros in the midst mm-hmm. of it. So that's 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 what I want to emulate in uh, this week's preaching. I like it. I think we got a pretty good playlist this week, man. I'm gonna listen to it. Six. <laughs> I definitely was listening to um, Life as a Highway as I prepared for, prepared for worship yesterday. I was getting really excited and wished that I'd themed my entire sermon around <laughs> that song, but sadly, it just got me pumped. Don't worry. Preaching's only the most important thing to your parishioners. Oh, that's why the Bible preacher is here for you. That's why we got you, because it's the most important thing... And we're going to hook you up. And not only are we going to hook you up with a weekly playlist and a podcast to dive into the text and all the time for it, but we're bringing you a new podcast every Friday coming up. Uh, maybe maybe you're a fan of the old Crooked Media. We're not the Crooked Media. we got to work on our, our corporation's name. But every Friday we're bringing you a podcast called pod bless america where we talk about religion in public life the church in the world public theology public church starting off with a conversation an introduction introductory conversation this week but then we got guests lined up lots of interesting guests we even have some big name guests on the horizon who are actually going to come through unlike kevin strickland (laughs) turns out there may be two enemies of the pod kevin strickland and kevin mccarthy uh (laughs) You're not going to want to miss the in-depth analysis of Kevin McCarthy's wardrobe at an in-and-out at 10.11 Pacific time in Bakersfield, California. Check it out. Uh, We're going to air the first episodes that will be coming through on the Vinyl Preacher feed, and then we'll break off and you'll have to subscribe outside of the Vinyl Preacher to Pod Bless America. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. (laughs) Looking forward to it. All right. Well, it's been fun. 
it's been quite the podcast podcast day big podcast today can i declare it adjourned where did you get that i find things in closets